An Article 5 Convention of States has been proposed by many as potentially the solution to our nation's problems. Is it, in fact, one of the best things that we could possibly do for our country? Or, perhaps, are there some problems that could show up with an Article 5 Convention of the States? Well, folks, that's the subject of today's Deep Dive podcast. Thank you for joining me, as always. My name is Victor Nieves. Special thank you to all of the supporters over on Locals. They picked today's subject, just like they pick every week's subject. And I really do think that this is a good one. It's, it's something that is being uh, uh, tossed around an awful lot here in the United States. And there are a lot of conservatives who feel very, very strongly about an Article 5 Convention of States. So today I'm going to break down what does Article 5 say? What What is an Article 5 Convention of States? Has it ever been done before? And are there some things that we should maybe be aware of or be cautious about if we're going to take this route? Well, first, before we go any further, let's establish what Article 5 of the United States Constitution says. Well, in Article 5, it says, The Congress, whenever two-thirds of both houses shall deem it necessary, shall propose amendments to this Constitution or on the application of the legislatures of two-thirds of the several states shall call a convention for proposing amendments which in either case shall be valid to all intents and purposes as part of this Constitution when ratified by the legislatures of three-fourths of the several states or by conventions in three-fourths thereof as the one or the other mode of ratification may be proposed by the Congress, provided that no amendment which shall be made prior to the year 1808 shall in any manner affect the first and fourth clauses in the ninth section of the first article, and that no state without its consent shall be deprived of its equal suffrage in the Senate. So here we see that there are two different pathways to creating a constitutional amendment. First is the pathway that we have literally always seen. Since the very beginning of our nation, every single constitutional amendment has been done via the very first option, which is Congress having two-thirds of both houses proposing an amendment and establishing the amendment there. So the, the amendment process has always started with two-thirds of both houses. The other option that is outlined in Article 5 is what we currently refer to as a convention of state, where it says the application of the legislatures of two-thirds of the several states, if they shall call a convention for proposing amendments, then you can also introduce an amendment to the Constitution that way. Keep in mind that the only time that this has ever happened, the only time that there was something like a convention of states, that happened all the way back at the Constitutional Convention in May of 1787. And if you happen to be a bit of a history nerd, you know that prior to the American Constitution, first we had what was called the Articles of Confederation. And the Articles of Confederation, without going too deep into all of that, that was the original system of government established by the the original 13 states, and they intentionally wanted the federal government to be incredibly, incredibly small. They wanted to be rather insignificant and weak 
if you happen to catch uh, the very first episode of the Deep Dive podcast, we actually touch on that a little bit um, whenever covering the subject of states' rights. But our founding fathers didn't want the federal government to be very big, but unfortunately for them, uh, the the Articles of Confederation made the federal government so weak and so f- so small and, and frail and insignificant that they actually had to scrap the entire thing. But originally, they had gotten together at what was later known as the Constitutional Convention. They had originally gotten together to fix the Articles of Confederation. That's what their objective was. Yet they got there... They realized that there was no fixing it. That it was actually too far gone. And so rather than amending and fixing the Articles of Confederation, they threw the whole thing out and literally created an entire new system of government that we now live under today. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to revisit that subject because therein lies a little bit of my hesitation, a little bit of my concerns whenever it comes to a potential convention of states. But before we get to that, I do want to hit on the positives because there are many uh, potential positives that go with a convention of states. Because the the current proposal, uh, whenever it comes to an Article 5 convention, you can actually find all of this uh, on a website called conventionofstates.com. It gives you all kinds of information um, about the proposed convention of states that's being circulated around. But the established goal, right, the, <laughs> the entire objective of a convention of states is as follows, quote, to limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, to impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, and to place term limits on federal officials. Now, all of that sounds like a really good idea, right? Whenever we go through these, these, you know, you know, limiting the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, I'm on, I am on that like white on rice. I am a massive, massive supporter of limiting the power and the jurisdiction of the federal government. You are, I mean, you're, you're preaching to the choir on that one. I'm totally for it. Imposing fiscal restraints on the federal government. Oh my goodness. I am absolutely, I'm absolutely for imposing fiscal restraints. You might ask what, well, what would that look like? A fiscal uh, restraint that could potentially be placed on the federal government would be something like a balanced budget amendment, which would mean that Congress could no longer deficit spend, that that they couldn't spend more money than we have. In fact, this is something, uh, in my opinion, that should have been considered in large part, common sense, right, since the very beginning, the idea that our elected officials would be routinely stupid enough to continually go to Washington, D.C. and deficit spend kind of blows my mind sometimes. But nonetheless, that kind of an idea, you know, limiting the power of the federal government, pushing back on the federal government, the states rising up and claiming their power through a constitutionally guaranteed means like a convention of states, that sounds absolutely awesome. And I'm totally 100% in support of that mission. And in fact, as of right now, there are currently 19 different state legislatures that have actually passed a convention of state application. I won't bore you too much, but that includes Georgia, Alaska, Florida, Alabama, Tennessee, Indiana, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arizona, North Dakota, Texas, my state of Missouri, Arkansas, Utah, Mississippi, Wisconsin, Nebraska, West Virginia, and South Carolina. And interestingly enough, there are a few other states 
where a convention of states has passed in one chamber, but not the other. That includes New Mexico, Iowa, South Dakota, Virginia, North Carolina, and New Hampshire. And the list of states that are going to consider a convention of states resolution in the year 2022 is equally long and actually includes some liberal states like Hawaii, Colorado, Illinois, so on and so forth. So it's very interesting to see the the tremendous support that's actually out there for a convention of states. This isn't just a fringe idea. Many people, uh, conservatives independents, libertarians, many people on all different sides of the political spectrum have been advocating for such a thing. And it's worth noting uh, really quickly that it would take 34 states in order to call for a convention, right? And right now, I don't need to remind you, it's 19. So we're quite a ways off. We need a lot more states to agree because it takes 34 states to even bring forward a constitutional convention, an Article 5 convention of the states. And then on top of that, it would actually take 38 states in order to ratify any proposed amendments. And just for the record, when we when we think back to the two ways that a constitutional amendment can be proposed, right? We have the first method, which is the one that has literally always been used, and that is that two-thirds of both houses of Congress would propose an amendment. And the reason that that's highly limiting is the odds of the federal government via Congress ever intentionally limiting their own power, it's nearly non-existent. That's not going to happen. Do we really think that a bunch of these, these you know, swamp monsters or establishment people, whatever you want to call them, do we really think that they're actually going to step back and limit their own power? For example, would they ever limit their own ability to deficit spend? Well, probably not. Would they ever, oh, I don't know, pass term limits on themselves? Of course not. The the federal government is not in the business of intentionally limiting its own power. So that's where this Article 5 convention comes into play, because this convention and the things being proposed by it would never be proposed, or taken seriously at least, uh, via the more traditional method of constitutional amendment. And one of the beauties of a constitutional convention of this of this sort is that it would be, for one, it is very difficult to actually convene, but for two, it's, it's very, very difficult to actually accomplish anything. So that's kind of a pro and a con. It's a con in the sense that we would need 38 states to agree to something meaningful. Um, I think that it's possible that 38 states might agree to something that's uh, generally considered bipartisan like term limits, Uh, but it's also very unlikely that 38 states would agree to something maybe like budgetary. There's certain fiscal policy uh, that the more liberal states might not be okay with, whereas conservative states would like to limit congressional spending. There's also uh, different things that maybe could be proposed as constitutional amendments that might limit the scope or the authority of the federal government that more liberal states may not be on board with. So when we look at that number, 38 states required to ratify, we definitely have a pro in the sense that it protects our nation from anything you know outlandish, anything that's like totally ridiculous. Well, that hopefully wouldn't get passed, but at the same time, anything meaningful might also not get passed because getting 38 out of the 50 states all to agree on the same thing is a serious, serious task in and of itself. 
and and really this is kind of a perfect segue because I do want to discuss now that we've hit on some of the pros right we've 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 discussed how an article 5 convention would even happen we we've discussed uh, some of the established pros some of the benefits that could potentially happen through an article 5 convention I want to shift here and uh, I don't know if I should say in advance my apologies if I step on anyone's toes before I go any further let me remind you offense is taken it is not given I, I mean uh, in no way do I mean to give any offense or to offend anyone here but I fully believe that an article 5 convention of states might be an awesome thing but it could also be the worst thing to ever happen to our country. Let me explain why. So remember at the very beginning of this podcast, I told you that the only other time in American history that there was something like a convention of states was in the very, very beginning, right? We talked about the year 1787, the original constitutional convention. And I told you that the reason those men gathered was not to write an entirely new constitution. It wasn't to fundamentally change the system of government, the Articles of Confederation they had in place. No, the the whole uh, disclosed goal, the established purpose or, or function of their convention of states that they had was simply to fix the Articles of Confederation. It was simply to adjust, to make it better. And and that sounds a little bit familiar, right? We look at the current advocacy for the Convention of States. So nobody's advocating for anything crazy or or any massive fundamental changes. They're just simply advocating for things that might make our our, our current constitution a little bit better. But the thing that concerns me is the fact that I view this almost like opening a a sort of Pandora's box. And I understand that it's very difficult uh, requiring 38 states to ratify. I'm very grateful for that. And it does make me feel a little bit better. But this does have a little bit of an eerie feeling to it, right? The fact that we have never done this except for the one time when we literally scrapped an entire system of government and rebuilt it from the ground up completely anew. See, I'm not sure how much I believe that the fact that the Convention of States has this established goal that sounds really good, right? The established goal, the resolution for the Convention of States is good. It's to limit the power, the jurisdiction, blah, blah, blah of the federal government. I'm all about that. But my hesitation, my concern is that there's nothing in the actual United States Constitution that bounds them to a certain uh, certain section of restrictions as to what can and cannot happen at a constitutional convention. I, this would never happen, hopefully, right? This would never happen. But constitutionally, there is nothing that would stop our states from all gathering together and having a constitutional convention and saying, okay, we're going to completely abolish the Second Amendment and we're going to establish term limits, right? So my concern would be that some sort of a fundamental right might be used as a bargaining chip to get something like term limits. And and listen, I am not trading my Second Amendment for term limits. That is a very, very bad deal. I'm not trading my First Amendment for a, a you know a fiscal budget amendment or or something like that that would that would stop them from deficit spending. I, I'm not okay with that. And the the thing that concerns me is there's a lot of brilliant minds in our country today 
but I don't trust one single individual that is alive right now more than I trusted the founding fathers in 1778. They created a nearly perfect document. Do I for one second believe that there is anyone alive right now who could reopen that document and make changes and actually make it better? I don't know. That's the part that really worries me is because this is somewhat of a Hail Mary pass. And I understand that it is it is time for a Hail Mary pass. I'm not saying I'm against the Convention of States, but I do think that it's something that we should go into with our eyes wide open. We should go into this understanding the potential for serious problems. This could be, in effect, the opening of Pandora's box. This could be the kind of thing where 30, what is it, 34 states propose that we get together and and we do this and all of the states send their delegate or whatever it would be and those people just so happen to be tremendous morons and they start bartering away our rights or they start changing this or or changing that maybe they give more power to the executive maybe they take power away from the executive I, who knows what they might do the scope the the sky is the limit there is no scope to this the only ironically the only thing that uh, that that article 5 says cannot happen is that little section there toward the end that says provided that no amendment which may be made prior to the year 1808 so 1808 uh, obviously it were past 1808 so there is no limitation that can be put on what can happen at a convention of states and I know I know I know I just want to be hyper redundant that requiring 38 states to ratify should essentially rule out the possibility of something that's like totally egregious because what are the odds you get 38 states to agree to something? Remember I said that that's kind of a pro and a con. It makes it difficult to achieve anything, but it also kind of protects the country from like a runaway convention of states that just wants to burn everything down and like change the whole constitution. But it is something that that really, truly does kind of worry me. And, and, And some of the proposed solutions would have to be so perfectly written. When you're going in to change the Constitution, you better you better dot your I's, cross your T's, make sure those commas are put absolutely perfect in every single thing that you do. Otherwise, it's going to fundamentally change everything. Well, regardless, it's going to fundamentally change everything. If you pass a new amendment, that means there's new litigation. That means there's new case law at the Supreme Court. That means that literally every Everything changes, boom, overnight. Like uh, like the flip of a switch, our country would literally never be the same again. So we would have to have literal perfection. Just if you need a case study on this, examine the interpretation of our Second Amendment. The interpretation of our Second Amendment is literally, it, it, it the entire thing hinges upon one or two commas. The placement and the use, the location of a handful of commas in the Second Amendment have been effectively the difference between unarmed and armed America. If you like your Second Amendment, literally one comma is the only thing, based on Supreme Court decisions like like, uh, D.C. versus Heller and others, one comma has been the entire thing that has separated uh, you know a totally unarmed population 
and an armed population. That blows my mind. Do I trust anyone alive right now today with that level of responsibility? Listen, I don't trust myself with that level of responsibility. So it it does. It makes me nervous. But but I'll, I'll we're gonna. This is gonna be a shorter podcast today because th- we've basically covered an Article Five convention, and hopefully this has been educational for everyone. Uh, finally, I'll, I'll end this with saying that I do think it's a hail mary pass. I think it's been something that has been kept in America's back pocket for a really long time because it is sort of an opening of Pandora's box. It is uh, sort of kind of a last minute or a last ditch sort of a hail mary pass. But I think. Truth be told, we're at that point. We're, we're at the point where, you know, how much worse can we make it? How, how much worse could it possibly be? So I think the fact that 38 states are required to ratify any amendments, I think that that is a, a strong enough um, kind of a bulwark. It kind of protects the country enough from some sort of a, a runaway thing, the odds of 38 states ratifying some sort of massive fundamental difference in the Constitution. I, I think that that's somewhat unlikely. I think one of the big cons could be that maybe this convention of states happens and then there's nothing agreed upon. Like the states literally can't come to any kind of a, of a uniform agreement. That is possible, but I think it's probably time. I, I've been very skeptical. I've had my reservations. I've been highly, highly hesitant, and I've voiced my concerns that are very legitimate concerns but at this point in time, I don't see what the harm is, right? Our, our back is to the fence. We, we are sitting here. This is our last chance. It's fourth down. It's the bottom of the ninth. We've got no more time. I say we throw the big punch. We, we you know, if you're a boxer, it's time to bite down on your mouthpiece, throw that haymaker and hope that sucker lands. And even if it doesn't, it's the end of the 12th round. The fight's basically over at this point anyway. We might as well give it a try. Folks, if you want to learn more about an Article 5 Convention of the States, you can just go to conventionofstates.com. That's conventionofstates.com. They also have uh, an additional website or an additional page, I guess, on their website that'll tell you if your state is considering it, if your state has already passed it. It's good information to know just so that you can be well-versed. Hopefully, this podcast has has been educational on, on what Article 5 says, what even is a convention of states, the pros, the cons, the concerns, all of that kind of stuff. I hope we I hope we wrapped it all up, put a nice little bow on it, and et cetera. Thank you, everybody. I, I, I encourage you, if you like the podcast, if these are if these are something that uh, you're gaining from, if you if you enjoy them, feel free by all means consider sub- uh, supporting me, subscribing kind of on our locals page. You can find a link to that in any of my social medias. Uh, you can join our locals community. You get early access to these podcasts. You get to vote on what the subject material is. Today's subject was voted on again by the folks over on Locals. So if you want to join that community, it really does help me out. The microphone I'm recording this on was purchased 100% using the funds from that Locals account. I'm not just like stuffing this in my back pocket. It really does help uh, increase production value. It helps allow me to have the time to do this kind of research and, and, and you know set aside a little bit of time to record this and all that kind of stuff. In addition to that, my final shameless plug, go pick up my new book, Conservative Prudence. It's available right now on Amazon. 
Amazon. If you have not heard me already, uh, you know, just blasting that out there. It's a number one uh, best-selling new release. It's in the top 10 bestseller in a very, very competitive category. It has blown my mind. I hope that you guys will go pick up a copy, two copies, three copies, anything like that. Give them out as gifts. Do what you got to do. But folks, until next time, that's all I've got for today. Keep me in your prayers. Keep your country in your prayers. God bless.